Welcome to another episode of Asher Sales Sense with host John Asher, CEO of Asher Strategies. And I'm Susan Finch, president of Funnel Media Group, and I am joining John in his studio in Washington, D.C. Today, our topic is Today, our topic is the five new skills sales professionals need to have. Great to see you also, Susan. Okay. And then finally, I thought we could have some fun. I just interviewed a man named Todd Duncan, and he was talking about what happens after the sales training sessions. And I thought nobody better to talk to about that than you, because you have tracked people, trained so many teams and people and companies you know what happens and you know the changes, how sometimes things need to be revisited, revamped, revised. And I was wondering if we could talk about that today. Great. Okay. <clears throat> so we know it's critical to learn and then continue to hone and refresh those skills. And to gain an edge, a lot of employers offer these improvement opportunities, but what about really giving your existing team incentives to increase their skills? Sometimes I've seen it, and you've probably seen this, where companies will say, we're going to do sales training, and we're all going to do this, and they make everybody show up, whether they're ready to or not, because not everybody is into improving themselves. They like status quo. How do they get them motivated not only to attend in the first place, but to continue to apply the knowledge that they learn from a sales training group such as Asher? Well, I mean, if you go back to the beginning, good to great, get the right people in the right seat on the bus in the first place. You actually don't have many of those problems because the people that are in a sales sales position are dying to know any new skill that will help them, right? They're dying to know. In fact, when they wake up in the morning before their feet hits the deck, old Navy term, they are thinking about the next deal. So if you have a, a bunch of salespeople that you have to convince to go to sales training, Time to change this around a little bit because most of the great ones are just continuous, continuous, continuous learners, right? Things change. They do. A great example is during the last almost two years now that we've been in this pandemic, the buyer's behavior has permanently changed. How so? Well, whereas pre-pandemic, most uh, salespeople, the hunters, were interacting with buyers in person. And now that we're kind of coming out, there's a third, third, third rule, pretty much. And that is salespeople are interacting with buyers a third of the time in person, a third of the time on a remote platform like Zoom, or the buyers are just buying themselves on companies' websites, e-commerce sites, interactive portals, sometimes even uh, mobile apps. And so the all that face-to-face we were doing before is not going to be available in the future. And when you ask the buyers, do you like this new omnichannel way of buying? They'll say, yeah, we, we love it. In many cases, it's, we're much more productive. In other words, um, they can now really see the um, lack of productivity in activities like travel and meeting, face-to-face meetings and meals with salespeople, you know, and on and on. So the buyer's behavior has totally changed. And of course, we salespeople have to change to keep up. And there are many new skills now required for salespeople that 
they didn't have to have quite so much before pandemic. Right. So, I mean, some of these skills are obvious, but just to recap for the people that may have been asleep at the wheel for the last year and a half, some of those skills, it's what we're doing right here. We show up, we're presentable, we're pleasant. We don't have distractions happening so we can focus and actively listen to our prospects. Right. Well, here's what else? Here's an example. It's always been true that for a salesperson to build trust with a buyer, there were four fundamentals or four pillars of gaining trust. The first three apply to having a new friend. So for a new friend, we want them to be likable. Nobody wants to do business or have a friend that's a jerk. So likability is important. Uh, we want our friend to be honest, tell the truth. We want them to have a high degree of integrity, do what they say they're going to do, the way it should be done, and do it on time, and all those types of activities. That's what we'd like to have a new friend. Also, it's what we'd like to have a new salesperson, too. But it's not quite enough to gain trust as a salesperson. The fourth pillar has always been strong product knowledge. So they have to know stuff and be able to help us. So those have always been the four fundamental pillars of a buyer trusting a salesperson. Now there are five additional ones. Wow. So number one, during this pandemic, 80% of the leads that have come to salespeople have, uh, from all the social media and social networking platforms, have come through LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has become much more important now than it has ever been. And so 80% of those leads. And so if you're a hunter salesperson, inside or outside, and you're reaching out to a prospect to connect with you in LinkedIn, and which your message was pretty good. It was all about them, not about you, the salesperson, the way it should be. And then the first thing, and, and if they're interested, the first thing you're going to do is go back and look at your profile. And if your profile is not complete, skimpy, or it's oriented to you getting a new sales job as opposed to being able to help them, then they're just not going to connect. If you do have a complete LinkedIn profile, you have an 87% greater chance of them linking in. So the one new one is now got to have a complete LinkedIn profile. And it's not that difficult. LinkedIn actually tells you where you're lacking and what you need to do to improve your LinkedIn profile. Second is operational efficiency on these uh, VC platforms. So if a salesperson in today's world can't get a Zoom meeting going, can't get the time zone right, doesn't show up on time, doesn't uh, have the ability to pull up a document like a proposal, uh, can't modify the document, the proposal in real time, doesn't have guidance from the company on how much they can modify it, and for larger deals, doesn't have DocuSign or RightSquare or some other technology to get the buyer to sign it right there. For many of the savvy buyers, that salesperson is out. They're just out. So that's the second new um, capability. It's kind of, kind of obvious to most of us. And then another interesting one is consistent video marketing. And the reason, of course, is because of the lack of face-to-face, -face, then buyers can't you know, see us. Now, these are, these are buyers that, that don't agree. You're not a long, far enough along in the process where they'll agree to a Zoom meeting with you. But your way to now connect and brand yourself or market yourself with prospects 
is best done with videos for all kinds of obvious reasons. One, as an engineer, back to physics and optics, the comprehension rate of our brain for video is 2,000 times faster than reading words on a website. So today's elite salespeople will come up with a, a video, say once a week, that has great content, not about what they're selling, but content of interest to buyers, and they will send it out, maybe even with a catchy title, Two Minute Tuesday, or you know that sort of thing. And buyers expect to see it now once a week, and they know it's going to have great content. They can see your face. They can see how you explain things. And so it's a new way for salespeople to build trust with prospects before it even get to be a really good lead and a, and a potential prospect. So those are three and still a couple more to go. I'm ready. Ready? These are great. You've said it though. It should be obvious, especially the LinkedIn profile. Right. And video, we all have tools. I mean, we can do anything. Yeah. Whether we have big equipment or not, it's all about that sincere message. Right. Exactly. And it's pretty obvious we got to be pretty good at these VC platforms. Yes. Right? Because it, it is. It's frustrating. Because a third of our interactions in the future will be via them. In fact, it's really half the interactions because a third of the buyer's transactions will be online, one way or the other, without a salesperson. A third will be on VC platforms with salespeople, and a third will be face-to-face. -face. So for salespeople, half of their time will be on VC platforms. Yes. So another way to build trust with salespeople is this. It's a little bit, it takes a little history to explain it. So 30 years ago, B2B salespeople were typically starting with a presentation. Then a couple of books came out, solution selling, also consultative selling. Both essentially said the same thing. Don't just start with a presentation. Build rapport first. Make the buyer comfortable. Then do a discovery process, a needs analysis. Find out exactly what the buyer needs. And then third, offer a solution that fits. It might only be three of your 30 slides. So now you're able to pull out exactly what the buyer needs. So now buyers get very frustrated because they expect more research by salespeople now. They think we have more time and there's more and more information available on, online. So buyers actually expect more research by salespeople. And when the salesperson interacts with the buyer and starts with something like this, so what's keeping you up You know, after rapport building? What's keeping you up at night? It just does not go over as well as it used to in the past. And so buyers can get very frustrated when they deal with salespeople who don't know what the buyer knows they should know. They get very frustrated. So you can imagine if the buyer is very frustrated with the salesperson, things aren't going so well so, so far. No. So now here's the new better way. The Harvard Research Department on Sales has been around for 40 plus years. And the Harvard Neuroscience Lab has been around for about 10 years. And the last two, three years, they've really started to collaborate because of all these new neuroscience studies. So example, now when we do sales training, it's not just about the art of the sale and the sales process. Now we have the real science behind sales. So now we have the whole picture, the science behind sales, the art of the sale and the sales process. And that's what our training is now based on, all three of those. And so here's a new technique used by, I would say, half of the salespeople now. After rapport building, 
And since the salesperson's done a lot of great research, say of the RFP online, their referral source, their inside coach, then they can start with, here's our understanding of your needs, bullet, 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 whatever they are. And then they can say, do I have, or ask, do I have this about right? The data at the Harvard Neural Lab shows you don't have to have it exactly right. You don't have to have it completely nailed. You just have to have it about right. And if you do, in 95% of the cases, it causes a big conversation between the buyer and the seller that naturally lead into the discovery process. And now instead of being very frustrated, the buyer is very impressed. And so for many of those buyers, they will say, solution selling is dead. Solution selling is dead, meaning don't come in here and just build rapport and then ask a bunch of stupid questions, <laughs> right, that, that you should already know the answer to. Because if that's the case, you're out. So there's one more new skill for salespeople, thorough research on the buyer. I think, though, what you're showing as well is it isn't just a thorough research. That, that's super important. It really shows that you listened as a salesperson and that's registered with the buyer that, man, they actually heard what I said. They weren't just trying to cram a, their solution down my throat and make it fit somehow. They really listened. And, and you can see in somebody's face when they're, re when they're adjusting, it's like, oh, oh, you can see it. When they want to adjust what they're going to show, like you said, cutting down to from 30 slides to three because only three were pertinent. Right. No, perfect. Yeah. Exactly. So much respect. Exactly. Now, the last one of the mm -hmm. five new skills needed <laughs> is putting the buyer first. And what that really means is for salespeople to put the buyer's needs in front of their commission. And for many, many uh, salespeople, that takes a whole new uh, mindset. So if you ask our salespeople, um, are you a salesperson? They'll say, heck no. So then you ask, well, what are you? They'll say, I'm a problem solver. I solve problems. End of discussion. <laughs> and so that's the, way, that's the new mindset needed by salespeople. Because again, the buyers expect more research by salespeople. And when the salesperson's all about the sale and their commission, most savvy buyers can detect that fairly quickly. And they will refer to those salespeople as having commission breath, <laughs> knowing that that's what they're all about. Now, to prove it with some data, during this um, pandemic, there have been big surveys in LinkedIn of 5,000 salespeople, like every three months. And, and there's also surveys of buyers and surveys of sales managers. There's a lot of data now. And if you survey salespeople and say, do you put the buyer first? Two thirds will say yes. Now, survey the buyers and ask, do the salespeople you deal with put you first? What do you think? Same percentage? Lower? Way lower. Way lower. It's 23%. So there's a whole new skill now. I mean, it's not totally new, but it's kind of a new way to put it. What does it mean to put the buyers first? 
and there's five elements to it, and you've covered one already. First, learn after rapport building, you know, learn by being a great listener and pre-neuroscience studies. To be a great listener meant you were a great active listener. And I know you know all this, but passive listeners will listen just enough to respond. Active listeners will keep on listening until they totally understand. So that's always been the difference between the average and the elite salespeople. Now, with these new neuroscience studies, active listening has been picked up to a whole new level called perfect listening. Not good, not great, not stupendous, not superior, not outstanding, but perfect. At the end of a discovery analysis, when the salesperson's been a a perfect listener, the buyer will say, wow, this has been great. You have a perfect understanding of my needs. You've um, You've actually really helped me understand what I need. Thank you so much. Wouldn't it be great if all of us in sales heard that from the next prospects we listen to? So number one, be the perfect listener. Two, be totally transparent with the buyer. Share everything. I mean, not your company's secrets, but you know, share everything about the, about the buyer's needs, the products, the services, the competition, everything. And then three, get this new mindset that I'm a problem solver and not a salesperson. And so I've got to be I've got to find out what the buyer needs. I have to know what the problem is so I can solve it. And the only way to find that out is keep asking questions till I really know it. And one of the interesting parts in neuroscience that that feeds into this is if you go back in evolution and try to figure out what you can do to wake up the other person's old brain, then we now know there's six ways to wake it up. And they all go back to evolution. Most Three of them come from the reptilian brain, instinctive brain. Three come from that second overlay to our brain called the emotional brain. One of the ways to wake up the buyer's old brain with instinct or with the reptilian brain is called the me, me, me focus. So when an early human in Africa would meet another human on the savanna or in the jungle, they had to make a real fast decision. Is this other one going to eat me or try to kill me or be a friend or maybe be a partner. And so they had to be focused on their own safety. In fact, no species survived through evolution that was not focused primarily on its own safety. It's true for all of us today. We're all focused on our own safety, our own success, our own happiness, our own family, just natural. And that me, me, me focus has always showed the difference between the perspective of the seller and the buyer, especially for average salespeople. So the me, me, me focus for the average salesperson is my car payment, my mortgage payment, my company, my products, my quota, my commission. That is not the me, me, me focus for the buyer. (laughs) Obviously, the me, me, me focus for the buyer is my need, my challenge, my aspiration. And so that's why perfect listening is so important. You really have to understand from the other person's point of view. Then number four, build a lifetime relationship with that buyer once the deal is signed. And then number five, with your interaction with that buyer for the rest of your career, act as the so-called trusted advisor. And the latest surveys on LinkedIn show that 88% of the buyers 
want to deal with salespeople who are trusted advisors. So an example would be, take one of our salespeople, Kim. She's been around for a while with us. She has a lot of great accounts. And if any of those people in those accounts have any question about anything within the sales and marketing umbrella, you name it, marketing automation, buying intent data, you name it, branding, they're going to call Kim because they know if our company does it brilliantly, we will do it, offer it, do it, and do it brilliantly. If we don't do it, we'll say what we don't do it, but we'll also go find the solution for them. So then they know throughout the rest of their interaction with Kim, got a question, we're calling Kim. Now, that all comes from a book about this thick called The Trusted Advisor. Actually, uh, Susan, no need to read the book. I just summed up the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, really. There's a lot more to the book, but that's the central theme. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. And so those are the five new skills needed by salespeople today. You know, number one, thorough research on buyer's needs. So you can start after rapport building, you can start out with your understanding of their needs. Number two, this consistent video marketing. Number three, the operational proficiency on the VC platforms. And number four, keeping your LinkedIn profile totally up to date. And number five, of course, putting that we just covered, putting the buyer first. I mean, one of the main reasons to keep it up with sales training, of course, throughout a salesperson's career, of course, stuff changes just like it's changed, right? So it's not like we just have to reinforce old stuff. That's useful as well, but you got to learn the new stuff or you fall behind pretty quickly. You do. And how frequently do you think that this changes? I mean, so many people, oh, I took something last year. I'm good. I took it two years ago. There's no way that anything's updated. They still have the same offerings. Everybody has to change because the world is changing so fast that the buyers have to change. Companies have to change. Um, to give you one uh, interesting example, during the last three recessions, McKinsey analyzed the five things you need to do during a recession. And one of them is to rapidly innovate new offerings, new products, new services, new processes, or a combination of those. And the companies that, this is B2B, business to business and business to government, B2B and B2G data, not so much B2C, direct to the consumer. And and so the, the data really says that the companies that did rapidly innovate between the recession, end of the recession and the start of the next one, typically about a decade, they grew at 16% per year. The companies that did not rapidly innovate only grew at 4% per year. The difference, in, so if you compound those out for 10 years, the difference in revenue is 270%. So the great companies are innovating you know, very frequently in, in downturns like this pandemic even more frequently. For example, our company, we came in with six offerings. We're coming out with two of the offerings are gone away. Those four are upgraded. We have four new ones. We now have eight different offerings, four upgraded and four new, than when we came into the pandemic. 
It's not because we're so damn smart. It's just we know the data that you got to do this. It's something I've enjoyed watching your company do that. I mean, you immediately dove on, oh, time to make a shift. Exactly. Let's let's adjust, let's adapt, let's create, but we need to respond to the sudden change and still be able to serve the same purpose of helping people do better in sales, training people, getting them more confident, whatever it is, but we're going to do it differently. And you guys did that almost immediately. I mean, within a month, we did. you were generating, your whole website changed, you're offering everything changed. And it's been exciting to watch that successful approach pay off for you guys and for your clients. No, you're, you're right. We, and uh, as I say, we're so smart because I have personally been a CEO of one company or the other in the last three recessions. I hate to admit this, but <laughs> so every, every now and then you learn some lessons. <laughs> you do. And you also know that it's cyclical. It's very cyclical. Now, the other thing you kind of started with, and that is about reputation. I'll tell you one kind of fun anecdote from my uh, wife. So she went to Catholic school for 12 years. And she was uh, not a bad girl, but always a goof off. And so when you look at the back of her hand, you see all these knots on the back of her hand from the nuns hitting the back of her hand with a ruler. (laughs) And uh, I'm teasing, really. Oh, I didn't know it left a mark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it left a mark in her brain, I'll tell you that much. And anyway, she said, you know, we would always complain to the nuns every now and then, why do we have to keep repeating this stuff? And the nuns would always answer, didn't matter what course it was, and that was, repetition is the mother of learning. And so that's why you have to reinforce sales skill training, because so much of it is habit-based. And if people don't create that habit in the first place, then they've got to be trained on it again. So we're just, we're imperfect humans, you know? But what I think people don't always distinguish between is repetition, yes. But they confuse that with having to use the exact same tactic. Right. For the skill. And those are separate. Yeah, I agree. You just covered all those in this episode. Yeah. That we have some old ones, but we need to incorporate these new ones to get that same goal of repetition of doing it better. Totally agree. John, we're about out of time. This has been a great episode of Asher Sales Sense, and it's been a joy to be able to participate in it with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for hosting. As always, you do a great job of this. Well, thank you. Folks, if you want to learn more, give your email up to asherstrategies.com because the value you will receive just from entrusting them with your email that they do not sell to anybody, your privacy matters to them, get everything you can. And then figure out when it's going to fit in your schedule to set up your training through Asher Strategies. You can find more of these episodes at AsherStrategiesRadio.com. All right. Thanks so much, um, Susan. Best way to get me is just my LinkedIn profile. And you should follow him, too. I mean, that's one of those skills. I'm doing a series coming up with college students to show them how they need to learn how to engage properly on LinkedIn, because I don't think that's a skill that's taught. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) So go connect Uh, with John Asher. You've seen his face. You know the man. You know the company. It's time to engage. Thank you so much, John. We will see you in the next episode of Asher Sales Sense. Thank you, Susan. (laughs) 
Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. 